Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Catherine of Sweden. The backbiter and the listener both carry the devil in their tongues. Those are the words of my aunt, the blessed Catherine of Sweden, from whose lips I never heard an unkind word. I am Inga Gerda, abbess of the convent church of Vadstina, niece of Catherine, granddaughter of Bridget. There are nearly 70 Bridgetine houses now as we enter the 15th century after the birth of our Lord, and Vadstina is becoming one of Sweden's most famous literary centers as well. But it was not always so. To the fire and force of my remarkable grandmother Bridget, it was necessary to add the patient devotion of her daughter, my wonderful Aunt Catherine. When I first began to consider the religious life for myself, it was a natural thing for my family to send me to Rome to seek counsel from my grandmother Bridget. She had plenty of counsel to give, and she was more than willing to give it. But for a timid and uncertain young girl, it was much easier to talk to a woman closer to my age, particularly if that woman was my gentle, my oh-so-gentle Aunt Catherine. Your grandmother, Bridget, is a most unusual woman, Ingegerda. I trust you know that. Oh, I do. But 
so much energy. It frightens me so much energy. <laughs> she could hardly have done all she has if she lacked energy. You've done just as much? Oh, I've done nothing at all but try to help her on her way. Is it true, Aunt Catherine, that Grandmother Bridget used to scold King Magnus and Queen Blanche for the wicked lives they led? Quite true. <gasps> How did she dare? She dared anything. She still does. But the king and queen... When King Magnus married Blanche, he summoned your grandmother to court to be principal lady-in-waiting. Mother was quite right to consider that she was not there simply to enjoy herself. Is that when she was blessed with her visions and revelations? Oh, without such consolations, she could hardly have endured her life at court. But they laughed at her, didn't they? Father says they did. He says everyone used to snicker and say, What did Lady Bridget dream last night? It was a sort of joke. Oh, I never thought so. Oh, but you weren't there. You were married. Oh, I've thought about being married. Of course you have. Did you love your husband, Aunt Catherine? Yes, I loved him. He was the kindest man I've ever known. But you never had any children. We lived as brother and sister. It was my wish, and he consented. Were you happy? Oh, it seemed to me a beautiful way to live. Yes, I was happy. Until mm. my father died and my mother left Sweden and came here to live in Rome. When that happened, I forgot how to smile. When she said that, I thought how seldom I had seen my Aunt Catherine smile. But when she spoke of God, the Savior, a change would come over her face. There would be a glow, a brightening of all her features. Oh, it was a beautiful thing to see. Something of this radiance spread over her face when she talked of her mother. I begged her to tell me how it had happened that she left Sweden and had come to Rome to live with my grandmother, Bridget. It was not easy. I was only 19. It was the year of the Jubilee, 1350. Mother had gone to Rome the year before to be ready for it. My husband was quite willing for me to join her, but... My brother, your Uncle Charles, oh, he was not it's willing It's outrageous. To I've written Mother and told her so. She wants me there, Charles. She's lonely. Mother has never been lonely a day in her life. She's too busy to be lonely, too busy telling everyone what to do or to stop doing what they're doing and do something else. All right, then. I'm lonely. Catherine, you have a husband. My husband has given me permission. That's because you're no wife to him. We live as we have chosen to live, Charles. As you've chosen, you mean. No man would choose a wife such as you've been to him. Charles, not everyone is born with your temperament. You must understand that. Some of us must seek God, even if we exclude everything else from our lives. We must do it because that's the way we are. And, and I must look for God's grace. Must look and look and look... Even if I never find it, I must look until the day I die. That's why I've chosen the kind of life I have. Uh, at least it's kept you at home and here in Sweden. But without my mother, Charles, I cannot go on here at home or here in Sweden. I need her, her holiness, her nearness to God. Because I am a weak and, and pitiable... I, I need her strength. What's wrong with that? A dozen things, if you could only see them. You're stronger than you I think you are. I can't see anything except that I know God wishes me to be with my mother. 
dare not let you walk in the streets, Catherine. But, Mother, to be caged here like an animal while others go to nourish their souls in church... You have an obligation to your husband, even here. Oh, Mother, I have such dreams. What sort of dreams? The Blessed Virgin appears to me and looks at me so sadly. And she reproaches me. Reproaches you for what, my child? For my feelings of discontent, Mother. She says I should be satisfied simply to be here with you. And I am. I am. Or I would be if if only I could go with you to worship God and do his work. If Our Lady reproaches you, she must have reason. Perhaps it's a revelation. What does it mean, Mother? Perhaps the Blessed Virgin is is trying to tell us that your husband has not long to live. She's telling you to stifle your discontent because soon you will be a widow. And indeed, it was true. My husband did die within the year. Oh, did you ever want to marry again, Aunt Catherine? No, never. I was free to work for Christ. We were very poor and always in debt, often in danger of being evicted from our house. One day, as I finished praying in St. Peter's, I saw coming toward me a woman in a white dress, wearing a black mantle. Signora, may I ask a favor of you? Of course, Signora. There is a countrywoman of yours. I think she may be a relative. She needs your prayers. I have many relatives in Sweden. Signora, there is one close to you, but not as close to you as some others. Pray for her. She will help you. She will give you valuable assistance. More than that, she will set a crown of gold upon your head. She was dressed in black and white, you say? I took her for a Dominican tertiary mother. Maybe, Catherine, that this was no Dominican, but but the Holy Mother herself. It is my belief, Ingegerda, that my mother was right. That it was Our Lady who spoke to me that day in St. Peter's Church. For a month later... Catherine, come here. Come here, child. Yes, Mother. Your Uncle Birger's wife is dead. Pray for her soul. I have always prayed for her, Mother. Birger says that she left instructions to send us her golden tiara. The one she used to wear for great occasions. I remember it well. It's covered with jewels. When it is broken up and sold separately, we will have enough to live on for several years. What a wonderful story. Oh, it's been a wonderful life in Gagerda. Oh. More than I deserve. You deserve everything, Aunt Catherine. Hush, child. You don't know what you're saying. Catherine? Catherine, are you here? Where are you? Here, Mother. Here with Ingegerda. Oh, oh. Ingegerda, I had quite forgotten you. Oh, she doesn't mean altogether forgotten, my dear. Only for the moment. I've heard from Charles and I've heard from Birger. It's all settled. They're going with us. What's all settled, Mother? 
Why, the pilgrimage, girl, the pilgrimage. You and Charles and Birger and I will go to Palestine and visit all the holy places. Oh, what are we to do about Ingegerd, mother? Do about her? Why, she can go home, can't she? Or, or something. Oh, arrange it between you. We leave in about ten days. Perhaps I'll have had an answer from the Pope by then. If not, oh, well, it can't be helped. Whatever does she mean, Aunt Catherine, about hearing from the Pope? Oh, it's the third time she's written to Pope Gregory. He doesn't answer, and it upsets her. Oh, what on earth does she write to him about? About returning to Rome, to the Apostolic See where he belongs. But the Popes have been in Avignon, well, forever. How very young you are. Not forever, child. Less than 50 years. Before that, they were in this holy city of Peter and Paul for centuries upon centuries. Oh. It's something about which your grandmother feels very strongly. Grandmother feels very strongly about almost everything. Oh, it's her devotion to God's church, Ingegerda. You must try to understand. I do. I'd rather talk to you, though. I'm only her handmaiden. The humblest of her helpers. Did you know that last year she went to see the blessed Pope Urban V? Oh. She set off alone on her white mule for Monte Fiascone, where Pope Urban was staying on his way to Avignon. She'd had a vision where the Savior told her to go to our beloved Pope and warn him of his death. And she saw him? Indeed, yes. And she warned him? And four months later, he was dead. Oh, my. Well, all the same, I'd rather talk to you. <sighs> We must decide what to do about you. A pilgrimage to the Holy Land may take a full year, and you cannot stay here in Rome alone. The pilgrimage was made then, and my grandmother and my aunt returned to Rome. But my grandmother Bridget died soon after, at the age of 71. Aunt Catherine and an old friend and confessor, Father Peter of Alvastra, brought the body home to Sweden and laid it to rest at Vadstena. When I again talked to Aunt Catherine, she seemed somehow different. What have you been told in Gagerda about Vadstena? Well, I know it's where Grandmother's convent church is and where her body is buried. Oh, I must tell you more of its history. If you are to become a religious, you must know all about your grandmother's labors. And yours, Aunt Catherine? Mine do not count. But uh, your grandfather died in Gagerda at the Cistercian Monastery of Alvastra, and Father Peter became your grandmother's confessor. She stayed on at Alvastra after Father's death for four years in a state of extreme penitence. During those years, she had many visions and revelations and she confided them all to Father Peter, who wrote them down in Latin. Well, then I can read them. You can, and you should. All those visions came to a climax in a command from God to go back to the court of King Magnus. And she did. And that was when King Magnus endowed the monastery at Vatstena. Oh, I see. But though he gave the land and the money, it was not canonically endowed and its rule has never been approved. When I go to see the Pope, I shall ask him to approve the Brigitine rule. You? You are going to see the Pope? You? Oh, don't laugh at me, child. Oh, but I would never laugh at you, Aunt Catherine. It's, it's just I that know. I... It's just that it's hard to think of my doing anything so 
So bold. Isn't that it? Well, oh, I, I know. I know. I've always been timid and shy and afraid to, to push. <laughs> I know it's all true. But this time I feel very, very bold. Yes, I do. Yes, and, and, and fearless and indomitable. Because I'm going to see the Pope depress the canonization of my mother. She would not let me go with her. She would not let anyone go with her. She went alone to see Pope Urban VI. Everything seems to be in order. I believe so, Your Holiness. Uh, it says here that your mother did not speak at all until she was three years old. But then, when she did speak, she spoke as a grown person would, not at all as a child. But what proof have we of this phenomenon? It is all there, in the letter from her mother to the aunt at Aspenia, the aunt who raised my mother. Ah, yes, yes, I see it here. This vision she is supposed to have had at the age of seven. Is that right? The vision of being crowned by Our Lady. Her grandfather, he was the governor of East Gothland, he told the story many times. But, my dear lady, stories are told, they are repeated, and in the telling they grow. In repeating they become embroidered. Oh, but, Your Holiness, if you had known her as I knew her... Indefatigable, zealous, oh, more than zealous. All her being, all her, her sense of life turned heavenward to God, to his glory, to the great, the ultimate truth of his love, his understanding, and, and his mercy. Forgive me, Your Holiness. I do not mean to intrude myself. I, I am nothing. I know nothing. I, I should not say these things, but, oh... If you had known her as I did... But I did not. I did not know your mother. You think me presumptuous. I think you loved your mother. Oh, how could I not? She taught me of God. She brought me close to God. You must understand that it is no easy matter to issue a papal bull of canonization. It is never done lightly. I understand, Your Holiness. It does seem that your mother, the Lady Bridget, made every effort to sanctify herself in whatever circumstances she found herself. The practice of perfection appears, I say appears, to have dominated her life. It did, Your Holiness. It did. Believe me. I believe your sincerity. I believe your devotion. I do not know that I believe your objectivity. Now, 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 do not look so downcast. I have not said that you are mistaken. I have only said that we must examine the whole matter more carefully. Now, tell me something of Vatstein, uh, the convent church of your mother. I did not see my aunt for five years. That was how long she spent pursuing her dream of having her mother recognized as a saint. At last she came back to Vatstena. His Holiness refused me, Ingegerda. Oh, Aunt Catherine. I pleaded my mother's case the best way I knew how. Five times. 
But I've failed. Perhaps it is too soon after her death, perhaps. Yes, perhaps it is too soon. Though to anyone who knew her as I did, it's quite clear that she's a saint in heaven. But no one knew her quite as you did, Aunt Catherine. That is what His Holiness said. It will come in time. Oh, yes. It must come in time. Well, now, all was not failure. His Holiness has ratified the Brigitine rule. Oh, now, isn't that good news? I am so glad. The rule came to my mother in a vision, you know, prescribed by the Savior himself. In daily practice, it is much like the ancient rule of St. Augustine. But my mother sat down carefully that Vadstena was to provide for 60 nuns and, in a separate enclosure, 13 priests. Thirteen in honor of the twelve apostles and St. Paul. I watched my aunt's face as she talked. That look so much more beautiful than a smile spread over her face. And as I listened, I saw her lose all selfhood in the contemplation of a dream not even her own. The words flowed easily and surely. She was most precise and definite about Brigitine Constitution. So long had she lived within her mother's orbit that she revolved there still with utmost grace and ease, though the sun of her being had gone. Do you know how beautiful you are, Aunt Catherine? Hmm? What, Ingegerda? I was thinking to myself how beautiful you are, Aunt Catherine. I? I beautiful? Yes, you. Beautiful. Oh. What a vain and frivolous thing to say. Nevertheless, you are. I'm a very ordinary woman who has to make what use she can of her exceedingly mediocre talents. To me, you look like a saint. A saint? Heavens, child. That's a blasphemous thing to say. We may all aspire to be saints, but... No, I do not think I have ever dared even to aspire. Nevertheless, that is the way you look to me. We simply won't talk about it. Ah, now my mother... There All was... right, Aunt Catherine, we won't talk any more about who's a saint. Tell me more about the Brigitine rule. Yes, well, there should be four deacons representing the doctors of the church and eight choir brothers, not in orders, making in all 85 disciples of our Lord. It's true. It is a fine rule. As abbess of Vodstina, I have seen how it works. All our surplus income is given each year to the poor, and our buildings are, according to our constitution, sturdy, but very, very plain. However, each and every nun is allowed to possess as many books for study as she pleases. This stipulation, above anything else, has made our nuns the intellectual equals of the most educated people in Sweden. And God forgive me the pride I take in the fact that so many of these educated people come to our convent for discussion, criticism, and even advice. It was a great joy to me that my Aunt Catherine saw at least the first unfolding of an old dream. But Stena is growing famous in Gagelda. Yes, Aunt Catherine. As long as we do not become then glorious. I confess it is something I have to guard against, but not you. Oh, yes, I too. But it is gratifying, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, how my mother would have loved... But I mustn't allow myself to dwell on that. I'm sure she knows, Aunt Catherine. Yes, I'm sure she does. I feel her blessing each morning when I waken. And my next thought is that this day I will hear from the Pope that her canonization... But no, I mustn't dwell on that either, must I? No, Aunt Catherine. Nope. 
We must just go on here at Budstainer in the spirit my mother... Well, we must just go on. Aunt Catherine retired to the convent of Budstainer, and shortly after her health began to fail. Though she made daily confession, her illness made it impossible for her to take communion, so she asked that each day the body of our Lord be brought to her room so that she might offer up her devotions in its presence. On March 24, 1381, my beloved Aunt Catherine passed away. I was standing at the window of her room when I heard her gentle voice. I moved swiftly to her bedside, and as I bent over her, I could hear her whisper, Blessed Jesus, receive me. Then all was still. But a light streamed into the room, and outside the window, a bright star shone, far brighter than any star around it. And the star shone each night with the same brightness, until her funeral. Ten years later, her most fervent wish was granted. On the seventh day of October, 1391, Pope Boniface IX declared her mother, Bridget, a saint. When the news of the canonization reached me at Vadstina, my first thought was of how happy it would have made my Aunt Catherine, that most faithful of daughters. But why do I regret that it did not happen during her life on earth? For insofar as it is given to mortals to have intimations of such matters, I am confident that my Aunt Catherine has joined my grandmother Bridget in the great congregation of saints who dwell with our Lord in paradise. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. 
You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.